0: BIRD's Patient and Public Engagement Podcasts. Welcome back to part two of our podcast series about vasculitis. My name is Marlborough and I'm the Patient and Public Engagement Programme Director for BIRD. And in this episode, I'm talking to Dr. John Pauling, who is a consultant rheumatologist at the Royal National Hospital for Rheumatic Diseases in Bath. Dr Pauling is going to talk to me about the medications used in vasculitis. It's a follow-on from the first podcast with Dr Sarah Skiotch, which explained more about vasculitis in terms of the symptoms and an overview. And we're also going to touch on research and what's new. Hello John, thanks for being with us today. I wondered if you could explain to us about medications and treatments that are available for vasculitis and the different types of vasculitis.
1: Yeah, well, as Sarah mentioned, there are lots of different types of vasculitis and there isn't a one treatment that covers all the different types. And the treatments that we use are often dictated by how severe the vasculitis is and in particular, whether it's threatening any of the Body's uh, major organs, particularly the internal organs such as the heart, the lungs, or so mm-hmm. the kidneys. Uh, I often liken the management of vasculitis uh, to uh, treating cancer. So, and we use terms like induction therapy and maintenance therapy, which are treatments uh, or treatment terms that we've borrowed from oncologists. So often mm-hmm. in the early stages of vasculitis, we're trying to induce remission. And we're trying to control the disease. So we try and hit the vasculitis uh, quite aggressively uh, in the early stages with uh, drugs to suppress the immune system. And then once Mm -hmm. we have the vasculitis under control, then the priority is to maintain control. And we call this the maintenance phase of treatment where we're trying to uh, prevent the disease from flaring up again.
0: Does all vasculitis come under rheumatology, or are there other um, specialities that deal with it uh, well? No,
1: so it's looked after by kidney doctors and lung doctors, neurologists, so it's, it's seen by other, other specialists. Sometimes it's other specialists who flag up cases of vasculitis to ourselves.
0: Yeah, I was quite interested because um, when I was reading through all the different conditions on the net, I thought, actually, it doesn't sound like rheumatology, does it, some of them? Yeah, so... no,
1: no, actually... There's a number of conditions and you, you do sometimes think how on earth have rheumatologists ended up looking after this, but it's, it's the multi-system diseases. So rheumatologists have carved a role for themselves, looking after multiple different organs in the body, be it the skin, the nerves, the kidneys, the, the liver, the heart, mm. the lungs. And so, uh, it's one of the things that makes the job interesting actually, but, but it, you know, you can have vasculitis have no joint involvement whatsoever. So, you know, there's no musculoskeletal involvement necessarily, but they they can have all sorts of problems elsewhere. I think a lot of patients wonder why they are under a rheumatologist when they've got vasculitis.
0: Yeah, because so it's definitely one thing that ran through my mind. So yeah. hopefully I'm thinking like a patient.
1: No, all no, good right. cool question. Uh, and in terms of the treatments that we use, we use a combination of different treatments. One of the drugs that is helpful at gaining very quick control of uh, vasculitis, is steroid therapy. Uh, So drugs like prednisolone and um, mephile prednisolone, which can be given either as a tablet treatment um, on a daily basis, or sometimes we bring people into the hospital and actually give that intravenously.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And uh, now we learned many years ago that long-term Uh, steroids are associated with lots of potential side effects which is why we've devised other mechanisms for uh, treating vasculitis or for reducing um, the immune system without the need for high doses of steroids and we call these steroid-spurring drugs and Mm -hmm. some of the drugs that we use in vasculitis were originally developed as anti-cancer drugs so again kind of going back to this these parallels with the way we manage cancer And so sometimes we'll use drugs like cyclophosphamide, which we usually give as an intravenous treatment. Um, But there are other drugs that were were originally developed in the management of cancer that we use to manage vasculitis, uh, like methotrexate. Another group of drugs that we sometimes use are drugs that were originally developed to prevent people who had had organ transplants from rejecting those transplants. So again, we're thinking now about treatments that help to modulate and suppress the immune system. And so mm-hmm. drugs like mycophenolate mofetil uh, will, uh, is a drug that we'll sometimes use to manage vasculitis. But the, there isn't a a, a a single treatment approach. And the, the approach that we usually take is one that we agree with the patients that suits the severity and activity of their vasculitis during those early stages. And as I've already mentioned, whether or not the condition is threatening any of the body's major organs, if that's the case, we'll usually take a more aggressive approach to management.
0: Mm. So you've got some pretty powerful options um, there, haven't you, in terms of the, the drugs to kind of get things under control. Does, do many patients meet remission through medication?
1: Yeah so the I mean vasculitis is a very treatable condition now so but when people first started describing conditions like Wegener's granulomatosis which we now use the term granulomatosis with polyangiitis or GPA uh when people first described these conditions the, the the prognosis was extremely poor and and that was because there were no effective treatments available and uh, now, actually, the the prognosis for a lot of these conditions is very good, and uh, and when problems occur uh, over the long period, it's often it, c- it can be the result of some of the treatments that we've used rather than the the condition itself. Uh, but no, so they're certainly very treatable and manageable conditions, and the key is identifying the diagnosis early and and intervening then as quickly as as, as you can once you've made a diagnosis.
0: Mm. So, is there there's a window of opportunity there for getting it under control?
1: Yeah, the uh, generally, it's a, it's a once once we've identified that vasculitis is the most likely cause of somebody's problems, then the key is initiating treatment, and and uh, and you know, depending on the clinical scenario, sometimes there is some time uh, to consider options and allow people to go home and discuss the options that they're being given with the their loved ones. Uh, for mm-hmm. example, there are some types of vasculitis that uh, will only affect the skin. And, uh, and whilst we'd worry about ulcers developing, um, you know, providing there's no suggestion any of the internal organs are affected, uh, there's a bit of time there to make a decision as to mm-hmm. the most appropriate course. There are other types of vasculitis which um, for example, giant cell arteritis uh, can lead to damage to the back of the eye, which could lead to loss of vision, which could be irreversible. So in that type of scenario, you wouldn't want to wait around to, too long to make a decision on management. We'd usually want to start treatment fairly promptly.
0: Mm. And is, is there much that people can do themselves to... Help when they've been when they've had their diagnosis and they know what it is. Is there anything they can do themselves?
1: We encourage all of our patients to report any new symptoms or signs, even if Mm. they're not related or not symptoms and signs they had during the early stages of their disease, because these Mm. conditions can be multi-system diseases. So, even if they have didn't have any um, numbness or tingling to begin with, um, when the GPA was initially diagnosed, if they were to develop that at a later stage, that could be a concern. Uh, We encourage patients to uh, continue to have their routine bloods uh, undertaken regularly. We do these primarily to monitor the the drugs that we're using, but they do usually allow us to identify certain inflammation markers that can help us identify patients Mm -hmm. whose vasculitis is becoming more active. And then probably one of the most important things is to remind patients to let us know if the symptoms that they got at the time of their initial presentation start to come back because as a general rule vasculitis often when it does resurface it resurfaces with a similar constellation of symptoms and signs so you know if patients feel that they're getting worse they should let us know about that Mm
0: -hmm. uh,
1: so that we can uh, undertake the necessary investigations and management. Mm -hmm. In terms of management um there are other self-management approaches that patients uh, need to be aware of um, maintaining a healthy diet is something that we feel is increasingly important in the management of all the autoimmune rheumatic diseases we used to think that uh, carrying extra weight was uh, bad for the joints because of the mechanical effects that it, it exerted around joints but we now recognize that um uh, carrying additional weight also is one of the factors that seems to excite the immune system and make the some of the autoimmune rheumatic diseases more uh, severe Uh, so maintaining a healthy diet and exercising regularly is 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 definitely an important component in self-managing these conditions and another thing that patients should avoid is um, tobacco use Uh, because again there are chemicals uh, within Uh, tobacco that appear to excite the immune system and may be important in the development and uh, progression of uh, conditions like vasculitis.
0: Okay so all these things are becoming better understood aren't they as research moves forward where would you say research is focused at the moment in terms of vasculitis?
1: Well one of the, the the big strides in recent years has been the movement away from using some of the anti-cancer drugs that i mentioned earlier um Mm -hmm. which weren't targeting particular pathways they were taking a more blunt approach to to suppressing the immune system to more targeted treatments that target some of the specific um inflammation cytokines Uh, that are important in uh, the development of vasculitis so cytokines are these small little proteins that are produced by immune cells that excite the immune system and lead to this what we call the inflammatory cascade that that sets um, the right environment for severe vasculitis and we've identified which some of those which those cytokines are and more importantly how Uh, research has helped us develop drugs that specifically target those cytokines. So some of our patients with vasculitis are now being managed with drugs such as tocilizumab therapy, which is specifically targeting a cytokine called interleukin-6, which seems to be important in certain types of vasculitis. And I would hope that the research that's being undertaken uh, currently will help identify additional pro-inflammatory cytokines and pathways so that we can come up with more targeted treatments for the for managing vasculitis uh, in the future Mm.
0: yeah Uh, personalizing medicine isn't it really
1: absolutely yeah so it's Mm. making sure that or helping identify which patients will benefit most from which particular treatments uh, so that we can uh, target those treatments more effectively
0: Sounds good, John. Sounds good. Are you involved in any research at the moment? Is there anything going on at the RNHRD?
1: Yeah. So the, we, we try and support uh, lots of UK based uh, registry work uh, in vasculitis. Um, we have in the past been involved in some of the clinical trials in, uh, in vasculitis, although we're not currently recruiting to clinical trials in, in that particular field. Uh, Mm -hmm. But patients who attend our clinics may well be asked to support uh, or or, uh, be given information about uh, research studies that we're doing uh, to help with registry analyses. And these are the types of analyses where we'll um, compile not just groups of our patients, but groups of patients nationally to to ask important research questions and learn more about these uh, rare conditions. Mm
0: So just to give a, a lay version of what registry is can you explain that for me?
1: Yeah so a registry is where you bring together anonymized records from uh, not just 10, 15, 20 patients but hundreds of patients from different units uh, across not just this country but potentially across the world and mm-hmm. uh, the larger the uh, size of a patient registry so this collection of Anonymized patient records, the, the more uh, you can learn about the, um, the rare and nuanced aspects of managing uh, conditions like vasculitis.
0: Mm, so a massive data pool which you can run reports to produce trends that may not have been seen in a small cluster.
1: Absolutely, yeah. yeah it's
0: fascinating. Okay, um, I'm guessing that there's not too many patient opportunities we can share out there at the moment, but we can certainly keep in touch if anything comes up, can't we?
1: Yeah, so and we, we regularly within the rheumatology departments here, we discuss um, particular research projects that are being started and I encourage our clinicians uh, to uh, approach patients who may be eligible for studies in vasculitis and lots of other conditions with information sheets about the uh, what the research studies involve and what would be asked of them if they were to take part so so people listening to this should certainly uh, ask their doctors when they come along to their clinic you know if they're interested in participating in research ask whether there's any studies currently being undertaken that uh, may be relevant to them
0: great advice brilliant thanks john no
1: problem thanks mel okay right. cheerio Bye-bye. bye then.
0: hope you've enjoyed this podcast you can sign up to hear all about our podcasts and patient engagement research opportunities by joining our mailing list just send an email to admin at birdbath.org.uk we'd also like to thank health watch bath and northeast somerset for helping to fund this podcast just one last thing before you go it would be great if you could rate our podcast or use the e-survey feedback link and let us know how we're doing The link is in the podcast show description box. Thank you.